Hello and welcome to episode number 10 of the Agnes London podcast. Last week I sat down with Noor Livia, environmentalist and slow travelling advocate. We chatted about all things not flying, the vegan community and how to be a positive influence. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Noor. It's very nice to meet you finally. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm very happy to be here. So um, I wanted to start off by asking you how you got into like environmentalism mm-hmm. and where your kind of interest in that came from. Okay, so I get this question asked a lot and I never really know. Like it kind of came gradually and mm. naturally. So I'm not really sure, but uh, like I went vegan about like three and a half years ago. And from I mostly went vegan for um, for health and animals, mm-hmm. and not really about the environment. But I, I wasn't really aware. And from going vegan because of this, I started watching videos, reading a lot about it, watching documentaries. I saw conspiracy, and I think that's what sparked my interest for mm-hmm. uh, environmental issues. And yeah, the more I was learning, the more I was feeling like I needed to learn even more. And and the more I was learning, the more I felt like I needed to share what mm-hmm. I was learning. So that's kind of how it started, I think. Yeah. Um, so you are, you're a nutritionist or you, you've trained in well, nutrition? Yeah, I've trained yeah. in nutrition. I haven't really worked as a, as a nutritionist a little bit. I've done a little bit of coaching, but yeah. uh, not much because I have so many other things on the side. But uh, yeah. But I, had you done that before you went vegan or was that no. kind of part of that? It was when I, after I went vegan. It was like about one and a half year ago, I think, that I started. And I, f- I finished in January this year. So, yeah, it was a plant-based nutrition course. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was specific- yeah, yeah, yeah. specifically plant-based. Yeah, like yeah. holistic plant-based nutrition. Okay, yeah. So. Yeah, because I was wondering how that would um, affect your your kind of the way of your mm. like, vegan diet. Um, but yeah, that obviously... Yeah, I mean, I had always been very interested in nutrition. So that's something I had been like learning a lot about before I went vegan. And also I had been reading a lot about it after I went vegan before doing the course. So I was like, okay, now I need to maybe update my knowledge about it. Yeah. So that's why I did the course. Yeah. Great. Do you feel like you learned anything? Was there anything that you didn't um, know already that you learned that's really kind of helped you with your lifestyle? Uh, about nutrition? Yeah. yeah. Uh, not necessarily, but it's more, uh, not with the course specifically, but just with the way that I'm treating food, mm-hmm. I would say, cause I'm trying to see it more as putting the right kind of fuel in my body and like eating things that are going to make me feel better. Cause I have a past of very heavy eating disorders. So mm-hmm. learning about how food actually like interacts with my body and everything gonna help me be healthier yeah. <laughs> in many ways. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so you have spent a lot of time traveling around and um, living in different parts of Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering, I know I kind of asked you this off air, but I was wondering how your experience of like veganism and also like a more sustainable lifestyle has been in different places. Um, mm-hmm. Whether you think like there are some places that are doing a really good job and some places that kind of maybe have more work to do. Oh, yeah, totally. So I've moved a lot in Europe and also outside of Europe. So uh, and I've seen things that were very different in different places. So, for example, I was in I lived in Bali for a while. I was running around Southeast Asia. And depending on if the place is very touristy, it's going to be better (laughs) for vegan food. If it's not, it's going to be just uh, just like the waste issue is pretty big in developing countries in general. Mm-hmm. So it's just 
I don't really know how to explain, but uh, yeah, it's very bad just because people are not educated about it. And I think it's very important to just help. And uh, I mean, I know people, for example, in Bali who are working a lot with local communities to make them understand and realize that uh, their waste is having an effect on their own home. Mm -hmm. And also with tourists who, when they go on holiday, they don't really care because it's, it's not where they live. Yeah. So it's very bad. Like I've seen a lot of tourists being very, very wasteful mm -hmm. and it's very annoying and disheartening. And uh, vegan food, like, yeah, for veganism, places like in, uh, I was in South Africa, it was pretty hard to be vegan there. Mm. Uh, I managed to do it, but it was pretty hard. Uh, but also in Europe, some places are very bad for it. Like um, I, my, so my mother is from Corsica. Yeah. Corsica is part of France. Corsica is a very developed place. There is not one vegan restaurant on the whole island. Wow. There is nothing. Yeah. It's almost impossible. You said, I, then when I had a little anecdote that one time, I went, uh, we were on the road and I see a place that has a vegan toast. So I was like, okay, amazing. We're going to have a vegan toast. <laughs> so uh, I go to the bathroom and in the meantime, my mom asked, so what's in the vegan toast? And when I come back, she's like, so there's cheese apparently. I was like, okay, that might be vegan cheese, I guess. Mm. I'm going to double check. And they're like, no, 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 it's uh, goat cheese. I'm like, well, that's not vegan. They're like, oh, but it's healthy. It's not the same. He's like, okay, we can make it without the cheese. I'm like, okay, what else is in there? Oh, so vegetables, blah, 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 a little bit of chicken. <laughs> that's not vegan it's yeah. like if you give someone pizza and you call it pasta you know yeah 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 so yeah it just depends on the place but um there's always a way to find something yeah i guess even like here like years ago and still now people don't really understand what you can and can't eat is um in like a vegan mm. diet you know some people think that it's like not it excludes gluten some people yeah. like and obviously some people eat honey, some people don't. Mm -hmm. um, so it's probably just that the kind of the education around it hasn't just yeah. reached there yet. Yeah, I think so. And also a lot of people are asking me, oh, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. I'm like, I can. I can eat whatever I want to. It is, I decide not to. Yeah. That's something yeah. I try to always make a point. Like I choose not to instead of I can't because then it makes it seem more restrictive. Yeah. But uh yeah, well, I think the hardest place I've been to the, for vegan food was uh, the Philippines. Okay. I spent a yeah. month eating rice and mangoes. Yeah. <laughs> that was tough. Because <laughs> they have a lot of meat, everything is cooked with meat and a lot of fish. So. Yeah. Do you find, um, have you ever been in a situation where like someone was insulted because you wouldn't eat the local cuisine? Or because like you... They, you, mm -hmm. there was something you couldn't eat or not sorry not couldn't but something you were choosing you know, yeah. not to eat well not really actually because I've had a lot of people tell me yeah I'm not completely vegan because of this or I would be afraid to do that but everyone has always understood because even like if I'm not going to eat what they've made because there is something non-vegan in it I will bring something or I will, would offer to cook something or yeah. to help so it's never like, no, I'm not eating this. I'm always offering a solution and explaining why and always trying to be like very, very chill about it and nice. Mm. Or worst case scenario, I'll say I've already eaten or I'm not very hungry or I have a stomach ache <laughs> <laughs> or something. But uh, no, I mean, I don't think anyone has ever felt offended. There's always been a solution. Mm -hmm. So through um, veganism, that led you to trying to live a more sustainable mm -hmm. lifestyle. How easy do you find that with like traveling around a lot? Uh, kind of what are your yeah. tips for people to 
kind of maintain that while traveling? Okay, so it's pretty hard when you travel. Uh, so the thing is to always be pre prepared. Uh, try to have things with you. Like I always travel with some, uh, with like one or two tote bags. If I want to buy something, I travel with uh, like my bamboo calorie kit with a little um, Tupperware mm -hmm. and everything that I could need. Also, as I try not to fly, I had a very long train journey. It took me 25, 25 hours to get to London from Lisbon. Mm. So obviously I'm going to be hungry. So I just try to avoid buying things in plastic. So I try to cook beforehand. Yeah. Uh, which I've actually succeeded at doing this time. It wasn't the case last time because I didn't have enough space to <laughs> pack all the food for myself. But um, yeah, it's just um, yeah, just really a matter of being prepared and also doing a little bit of research about mm -hmm. where you're gonna go and if you can easily find um, like bulk food and uh, or vegan restaurants and things like this. So. Yeah, I guess preparing yourself is just doing a little bit of research. Yeah. It doesn't take long. You can do it on the train or on the transportation on your phone. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, I feel like sometimes um, when you're taking all your like zero waste mm -hmm. essentials in like quotation marks, mm -hmm. um, and then obviously all your luggage as well, it can feel like you're carrying a lot with yeah. you, can't it? Yeah, definitely. And also, yeah, it takes a little bit of space. So yeah. you have to like see what's best and also don't beat your, yourself up if you like fail in like yeah it's not really a fail but if you don't like yeah. if you're not up to the level you wish you would be but like for example this time I uh, so I prepared a little tote bag to have with me overnight because I was in a sleeper train so I had a tote bag with my pajamas my toothbrush my toothpaste and all that stuff and I arrive on the train, I open my bag, and I'm like, no, I forgot it. Oh, no. So, and the train was providing uh, single-use toothbrushes and toothpaste yeah. and everything. I was like, I don't really have a choice, do I? I have like 24 hours, I need to brush my teeth. Yeah. So I used it, but I took the toothbrush with me, and I'm going to use it until it falls apart. Yeah. I guess, yeah. And also for water, for example, I have my water bottle. Yeah. But just filling it up once for 24 hours is not really no. much. So, uh, well, this time I was able to refill it at the station, at the next station. Yeah. But it has happened to me that I run out of water on the train and they have free plastic bottles for you. So I'm like, I'm going to use it and reuse it. Until yeah. Yeah. I can't use it anymore. I always find I'm thirstier if I've like got one bottle and I know that's going to last yeah. me. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm suddenly like, oh, yeah. I really need a drink. <laughs> Um, yeah, but so obviously in that case, like you've already like gone out of your way to choose a more mm. sustainable method of transport, haven't yeah. you? So like that kind of yeah, kind of kind of balances yeah, it balances, like, it balances it out a little bit yeah. yeah. So um, on while we're talking about that, I was wondering if you had any advice for people that still want to travel. Um, obviously, our generation are kind of brought up to like everywhere you can you can mm. kind of get to. Like people go on gap years. Mm -hmm. um, travel is very much like part of um like life isn't it mm -hmm. and we all want to explore new places but unfortunately as we know like flying is one of the biggest contributors to climate change mm -hmm. so i was wondering what your advice is for people that that don't want to sacrifice travel so i mean so i took the decision about a year ago to quit flying mm -hmm. completely and i've been rethinking this a lot recently because well there are places that you can go without flying, but it yeah. would take a very long time. Uh, it depends. Everyone has a different life. People have family on the other side of the planet, things like this. So, I mean, the the important thing is to 
do our best, but not pretend to do our best. A lot of yeah. people are like, oh yeah, I'm doing my best. I, I like, I would like to be vegan, but I love cheese. So I'm doing my best. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So doing your actual <laughs> best is different from saying you want to do your best. Um, but like, for example, it's important to, to educate yourself, to yeah. know what you, what the emissions are and how much you're contributing to whatever is going on on the planet. Mm -hmm. So once you know something and you want to live like up to your, uh, not your standards, but uh, to your... Like to your morals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your morals. It's... It's easy in a way to kind of align mm -hmm. with this, but also try not to beat yourself up, but also try to f think about alternatives because humans discovered the whole planet way before planes were invented, right? Yeah. So we were able to travel the world. And of course, nowadays it's different because we have jobs. We don't have as much time. It's, it's different. Yeah. But also try to wonder, do I really need to go that far away? Can I go somewhere closer? Um, there are always different ways to do things. Can I maybe take more time off and work more during the year to get more money so I can take more time off to go for longer periods of time? Mm -hmm. Different things like this. Uh, but like, for example, I haven't really talked about it yet, but for Christmas, so I'm living in Lisbon right now. Yeah. My family, so my parents live in uh, Paris and Belgium, mm -hmm. in Brussels. So I'm going, we're meeting in Brussels for Christmas. It was either I was going there or they were coming to Lisbon. Yeah. If they were coming to Lisbon, they would have to both fly. Yeah. Uh, and me going to Brussels, I was like, it's fine, I'm going to take the train, I've done it already. And I was looking at tickets. And so to go to Brussels from Lisbon, I had to take a night train from Lisbon to the south of France. Mm -hmm. There are none around Christmas. They don't exist. Oh. So it was either flying to Brussels or taking a 31-hour bus, uh, which was very expensive. Yeah. And also I have uh, like three jobs at the moment, four jobs actually that I'm working. So I can't take 31 hours no. off twice yeah. and get there and be exhausted yeah. and not be able to work at all. So yeah, it's just a matter of knowing what's best, but I'd rather fly myself there than have them both fly yeah. to Lisbon. It would be worse to have two people. So yeah, I'm, I had to break my non-flight thing to fly to Brussels because it was just uh, the only real option. Otherwise it would have been, I could also not go, but that would take a big toll on my mental health, yeah. health not being with yeah, my family for Christmas. And I, it's just like my parents. So it would yeah, I guess it's just a matter of balance and knowing what's best for you. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I saw you spoke about that in um, a recent post, like that yeah. feeling of, um, you know, you've made this decision, you've publicly put mm -hmm. it out there that you're not going to fly mm -hmm. um, and now kind of feeling trapped that you don't, you obviously don't want to appear like a hypocrite if you do fly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I was just wondering, like, do you think we should kind of, like obviously none of us are perfect mm -hmm. um but we should almost be like less hard on ourselves in a way and mm -hmm. but also like you shouldn't have to justify that you want to fly to see your family at christmas yeah so it's yeah it's a tough it's a tough one yeah. isn't it yeah because you feel like you're gonna be a phony if you don't like yeah yeah stick to your word and I always usually stick to my word so I'm feeling a little bit but some people are like I've had someone say oh so now you're gonna not be vegan anymore again also I was like 
no, that has nothing to do with it. It's not like, because yeah. I mean, things are different, right? Like this is about the environment. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we also know that veganism is one of the best things you can do for the environment. But I've been reading a lot about the fact that some, like in some ways, animal agriculture done in a certain way, like I don't know a lot about it, but it can also help with re- regenerating the soil and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's fine for some people, but I also have the animal rights like yeah. of it that for me is going to make me like never not be vegan yeah but uh yeah i think it's all a matter of balance yeah it and yeah is. and always rethinking what you do always questioning everything yeah um so i was wondering how you um would approach that conversation with family or friends like say your friends wanted to go on a trip together and they wanted to fly and obviously like if you were to date the train like you wouldn't Mm -hmm. miss out on that kind of like Mm -hmm. chunk of time together but also it might take you longer like how Mm -hmm. you approach that conversation with people around I I would rather not fly this is why I don't want Mm -hmm. to well I haven't actually really been in this situation I had someone ask me the same question pretty recently and like what if your friends go on a trip and I don't really have friends who go on group trips like this. My Mm. friends are all scattered everywhere. Yeah. So I don't really have that issue. But uh, I guess I would just explain why and try, like, if it's a a possibility, try to have everyone do it, like, do a train trip together and go somewhere together because that would be also fun and more time spent together Mm -hmm. doing, like, a fun adventure. Usually there's always something that goes wrong. So it's always (laughs) a fun thing to remember. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, with my family, for example... I mean, we went to Corsica this summer and I went on my own by train and and, um, and boat, mm-hmm. which is fine, I think. Like, I don't mind going on my own and then meeting people there yeah. and where you're going. But uh, if he's going to be on the other side of the world for like a week, I might just say I, I'll pass. Yeah. So with that trip, did you leave from the same destination or were you all going from different? Uh, we left from the same destination, but uh, actually this summer... did not, no. Because sometimes the parents fly, sometimes they yeah. also go by car. No, they they went by car and boat, but uh, I was going later than them and everything. Oh, okay, but, yeah, uh, yeah. But it hasn't happened that uh, they they fly and I take the, the yeah. train and boat. Mm. So as we know, um, flying and um, eating meat are some of the biggest contributors to climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously when you tell, obviously they seem like massive sacrifices to people mm-hmm. to hear. Um, and I think sometimes that kind of turns people off doing making a change because they're like, this is this is huge. Totally. So how do you think we can like talk to people about this and we can encourage them to think about either reducing or giving up me or reducing or giving up flying? I think it's just about leading by example, showing that we're doing it and we're happy about it. And we for not eating meat, just showing that we're healthy and we're mm-hmm. still alive and we're thriving and there's no issue. Like, look at all the vegans in London and all the vegan places in London. Like, everyone is happy and everyone is just in a very, always in a very good mood. Like, it's an incredible community. So I think just showing that is very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. And same as flying, showing that we can still travel and do things without necessarily having to fly to the other side of the world. And also explaining why. always And being very patient and gentle. Mm-hmm. with people because I always feel like the like the harsh way of explaining things doesn't really work maybe it works for some people but don't work for everyone and I know that on my side I've tried a few different methods yeah. to talk to people and it's always much 
easier and much better when you just go and go about it in a nice way like i have a lot of friends who are not vegan who are always like oh i like your approach because like we listen to you more because you're not pushing it on anyone like yeah because i don't want to force anyone i don't want to appear like the stereotype of the mean vegan who's always yelling and saying yeah. that be like oh you're eating a corpse <laughs> even though sometimes i say it like <laughs> as a joke <laughs> well uh but yeah i think just being open and also always remembering that you've been in their shoes mm. yeah 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 we've all been there yeah unless you were born vegan but that's very rare yeah maybe maybe more common yeah going forward, but yeah yeah now and it it takes a long time for people to come around to the idea of change doesn't mm-hmm. it yeah so it's scary yeah yeah it is it's really scary um so another thing I wanted to talk to you about was um obviously you work with a lot of brands mm-hmm. um, you have quite a large social media presence mm-hmm. um and I wanted to know how you um how you work with brands that fit into your morals like how you kind of find them how you mm-hmm. how you navigate that so uh did I just say I would have I would be so rich if I didn't care about the state of mind. It's like I get approached by brands like almost daily. Yeah. That are like they don't even read my profile. I mean, if you read my my profile, you know that like if you're aligning with what I share or not. Yeah. But uh yeah, so it's just I always make sure that the brand is uh vegan, ethical uh sustainable and i like so i always try to see if they have worked with other people with people i know if they work mm-hmm. with people i know i can always ask if they're legit and everything and otherwise i'll just message them i for example recently i was contacted by a vegan shoe brand mm. and they were super nice and they were offering to do like a great collab but they couldn't really tell me much about how it was made They're like yeah we we pay a fair wage and uh blah, blah, blah. but they had no proof of anything yeah and i was like i'm sorry but i cannot work with a brand that isn't transparent uh i like if i like i want to make sure that i'm promoting something good if my followers are going to ask me about things things that i can't answer it's not good it's not fair so i'd rather turn them down mm. than do it so yeah, yeah. That's how I go yeah. about it. Try to always find brands that align with my values. Yeah. Um, and also, like, sometimes with, like, vegan fashion doesn't always mean, like, sustainable left. Exactly. Does it? So, yeah. yeah. Sometimes just, like, plain plastic. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's good to know. So mm-hmm. um, most of us, obviously, all of us have, like, this day and age, most of us have a social media platform, mm-hmm. whether it's 10 followers, 100 followers, mm-hmm. 100K or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering how, what advice you have for people to approach talking about issues they care about and like spreading mm. the message. Um, cause I know some people, well, I imagine some people wouldn't want to post about issues for fear of like kind of scaring other people off. Mm-hmm. So how you, if someone thinks like, okay, maybe I should use my Instagram, for example, mm-hmm. to promote more about sustainable fashion mm-hmm. without kind of um putting people off how they can go about that i think the best way to go about it is to already have like a little community and group of friends who are on the same page because mm-hmm. i have to say that it was scary at first but the more i was starting to meet other people who cared about the same issues and who were vocal about the same issues the more i felt like i had like 
you know, I had people in like who had my back. Yeah. So that if anything happens, like I always had friends who were gonna stand up for me. And that's always a very good thing to have. I think it's very reassuring. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just knowing that you have people who follow you who are actually like good and care about you, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna make it easier, I think. And also just you know, like people are always gonna say bad things. Yeah. So just do you like do your thing and to be honest when i posted that thing about the maybe flying again i was so scared you cannot imagine i was shaking when i put i had a friend next to me and i was like look girl like i'm shaking i don't know what to do and the responses were amazing yeah. i didn't get like i think i got one person who said oh maybe that's not a good idea out of hundreds so yeah just people are gonna people are much nicer than we think yeah so if you don't, say you're just kind of, you're starting to come around the idea that you want to make lifestyle changes and you don't feel like you have the people around you mm -hmm. that um, support that, how, like what advice would you give people to kind of, to try and find that, to try and like find friendships or try and find mm -hmm. the community in like the, say for example, they want to go vegan, but, mm -hmm. but they're, they everyone they know vegans, is like yeah. a massive meat eater. Like how do you build community or build those relationships? So I think the good thing is to go on social media and pages of people who are pretty well known in the community and mm -hmm. interact with different comments interact with people and like people are very nice you can very really easily make friends and make connections and just people reply to you and that's a good way to start building a little community i think and yeah also just not being scared of rejected to people what's the worst that can happen anyway yeah. you're be like you're behind a screen no one is going to come and get you so yeah 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 that's that's the upside of being behind a screen isn't yeah it's it? <laughs> definitely a downside but of course yeah. but i might as well use it as a good thing yeah. and make the most out of it yeah um so changing the subject again mm -hmm. i know you work very closely with extinction rebellion mm -hmm. um and obviously this year we've seen a lot of their actions um and you have you were part you were in london um, to begin with, aren't you? And I know you've joined um, Extinction Rebellion Belgium yeah. as well. Um, I was wondering how you find the res the response to Extinction Rebellion different in different cities. Ooh, that's a good question. Because <laughs> yeah, I was here for Rebellion Week in April in London, mm -hmm. and but uh, before that, I had joined Extinction Rebellion Belgium. I was coordinating for a little while Extinction Rebellion Belgium, and mm -hmm. uh, so I was well based in Brussels. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I have to say it's insane the difference of response. Like in London, I feel like they're pretty well respected. Mm. It's very well known, and people care and listen because there's a lot of people in the movement. Yeah, in Brussels, like people just get annoyed. They're like, "Oh, you're just like uh, stopping us from living our normal daily life," and the police is extremely violent. Mm. Recently, there was an action. Uh, it was on the 12th of October, I think, in front yeah. of the, the Royal Palace. Police came and, uh, like, uh, pepper sprayed everyone, and they came with uh, water cannons. And it was extremely violent while the people were just sitting on the floor. Yeah. That was it. A kid, a two-year-old kid got yeah, pepper sprayed. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that, yeah. It was, it was crazy. So, and also in Paris, cause, so I was born and raised most of my life in Paris. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Like on the on the bridge, the police came also and pepper sprayed people that were just doing nothing. And I feel like there's I don't know why, but uh, it's way less respected 
in these countries, which I don't really understand why, and I'm struggling to get it. Also, now that I'm in Lisbon, I've been detached. Uh, like I did detach myself a lot from Extension Rebellion because it's very pretty small in Lisbon and I've had so much work that I didn't really have the time to look at it um, but yeah I, I'm just trying to understand why but because uh, also Brussels is the capital of Europe so people should be like more open to it but I think it's also a lot more co corporate people mm -hmm. that maybe just like are in their daily life and don't really want to see what's outside of their bubble yeah, mm, yeah. interesting because did it start in London yeah do you think that has something to do with it? Maybe, yeah. Because also maybe the people who started in London were already quite well-known in the environmental activism field. Mm -hmm. So I guess that must have helped in some way. But I think people in London are very open-minded too. So yeah, and there's already a big community that cares about the planet. There's a huge vegan community. Usually vegans kind of also care about that. Yeah. And yeah, I think that helps. Also, it's a such a big city i'm mm. in paris too i don't know i really struggle to understand why it's not yeah yeah insane. that's strange because you always see um the strikes going on all over the world mm -hmm. um and yeah that was just really interesting to me to kind of wonder how how well the message that they were um promoting here in london was spreading across mm -hmm. the world like whether how well it was kind of translating in those mm. different countries and being received. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Get your thoughts on that. <laughs> hmm. um, so with all of that kind of everything that we've talked about, mm -hmm. um, I know you talk a lot about kind of self-care and looking after yourself. Um, there's, you know, there's some pretty big issues in there with like... Um, flying and climate change and things like that so I was wondering how you deal with like that feeling of feeling overwhelmed and kind of eco-anxiety <laughs> that's a big topic uh I, yeah I don't know if I deal well with that <laughs> I mean I'm doing my best I'm just trying to take care of myself as much as I can mm -hmm. uh, I've I've been in very bad states of anxiety because of that uh it was like in March or April, I kind of burned out from the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I had to take some time off and some time for myself. Uh, I think it's important to just talk about it. Talk about it with your like with your loved ones, with people who are close to you. But yeah. also, if you have a platform, just talk about it with with other people, with, with the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so that people can also relate. Because I think a lot of us are feeling that way. And every time I... Because I'm a little bit, I'm a bit vulnerable and put myself out there and talk about it. People are just so kind, and so it just gives me more hope. But uh, don't be afraid to take some time off. The world is not going to stop because you, as an individual, take some time off. Mm. So you're allowed to take care of yourself. Uh, just take a break, breathe, <laughs> and just also remember why you're doing this, and also remind yourself that if you're not at your best, if you're not feeling good mentally you're not going to be able to do any good for, for the world. Mm. So you have to take care of yourself before, before you can take care of others. Yeah, I think that's such an important yeah. point as well. And I think um, looking after our mental health and our physical health will play so mm. much a part of what's to come in the future. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and also, I mean, if we are people who are going to have a good impact on the world, we want to be healthy to live as long as possible, to <laughs> do good for the world as long as possible, right? Exactly. So we need to take care of ourselves. Definitely.
Definitely. But that also comes in with the whole flying thing because that was it was also making me very anxious because I had family very far away, and I'm feeling like I don't want to see them just once again. You know, that's gonna make me feel horrible. So mm. that's also where I had to find balance. Yeah, yeah, definitely because. Um as much as we want that freedom to be able to live in different places mm-hmm. we also want to know that we can get back to our families if um something goes wrong yeah yeah exactly and not feel so far away from them yeah um and obviously flying gives us that option because you can mm-hmm. you can be there the next day yeah so definitely. yeah um so what makes you feel hopeful about the future Seeing all the people who start caring more and more and seeing that kids are more aware. And yeah, I mean, I so I just moved to Lisbon mm-hmm. and straight away I met like this little group of people who are like, I know we just very quickly created a little group of people who are all from different places and everyone kind of cares about the same thing and everyone is very hopeful and trying to make changes. So just seeing that people are getting involved is just making me very hopeful. And yeah, just... Yeah. Yeah, just trying to always see the positive and surround myself with positive people who are actually trying to make a change. Yeah, that's so important. That's so lovely that you managed to find them. Yeah, Yeah, I think, like, you just attract what you put out there in a way. So, I don't know, like, straight away, like, the first days I met amazing people, so I'm super happy about it. And I'm just trying to always surround myself with positive people. Yeah. What made you move to Lisbon? So, uh, (laughs) it was so random. Uh, If you had told me a few months ago that I would live in Lisbon, I would be like, what? (laughs) Uh, It was in July. I was doing an interrail Mm -hmm. in Spain, and I had a friend who I had actually met in Bali who was living in Lisbon. So, I was like, oh, maybe I should just go and see her for a few days. So, I went for four days, and I ended up going back, like, twice during the next few weeks. Yeah. So, that was a lot of train journeys. <laughs> so, I went back and I was like, okay, like, I just keep coming back. So, maybe I should try and live here for a while. I was also very tired of Brussels. Mm. I had been back in Brussels for about a year. And I was still not in Brussels a lot. I was always traveling. I was always in London or in Scandinavia and other places. So, it's like, okay, I might as well try another place. Also, it's going to start being cold in Brussels. Uh, might as well try to escape <laughs> the very, like, cold winter. So yeah, I decided to make the move. I tried to just try to figure it out, and it seemed like a good idea. Like why not? I just felt drawn to it. Yeah. I felt like it was a good move for me, and I tried to really follow my intuition in general. And I did, and I think it was the right decision. Yeah, sounds yeah, I'm super sounds happy like it about it. Decision for you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's um, really nice that you kind of you've had that freedom to move around, and you mm-hmm. still like you're someone that's come out and said like. Um, you know, I'm not going to fly. Because mm-hmm. um, to me, when I think of like not flying, I think, well, well, that's it. I can't have a, mm-hmm. you know, I can't have a holiday. I'm kind of, I'm kind stuck. of stuck here. And I think you do a really good job of showing that you, that is not mm-hmm. the case. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my worst fears is to be stuck in one place. Yeah. I cannot, like I've moved around my whole life and I cannot picture myself staying in one place. If I think that I'm going to have to stay somewhere for a certain amount of time and don't have an option of like leaving, I freak out. I just can't. So, I mean, if I can do it, <laughs> I think anyone can. And yeah, it's just, yeah, I just love being able to go somewhere like just be able to pack very quickly it also helps not having too much stuff and pack quickly and just go and i mean i have this privilege to be able to do this because i've also always known yeah. that i didn't want to have like a 
daily office job that I had mm. to do that was keeping me somewhere. So I always tried to figure out a way to make a living online so I could be flexible yeah. and have more freedom. So yeah, that's it's doable. It takes a while though. It can take a while to yeah. get there, but uh, yeah, it's and I, I guess yeah. you're lucky as well that you're well not lucky because you've you you've gone out mm-hmm. and built it that way, but that your kind of four jobs you can do from anywhere yeah. i'm guessing yeah well not all of them but I've, i have some in lisbon now yeah uh that are just like short term or like medium term but uh yeah it helps definitely mm. yeah but uh there's a big online community of people that just work remotely so there's always a way to find like a little bit of work online to be able to kind of yeah be free yeah location wise um so like that being said like working remotely um, do you find that loneliness is an issue with working remotely or do you kind of go out of your way to seek mm-hmm. other like remote workers to kind of surround yourself with? Yeah, not at all. I never, I, if anything, I felt, I feel like I have, my social life is way too like <laughs> intense. Uh, you're never alone if you don't want to be lonely. Like, cause like everywhere you go where there's a little bit of, um, on the line, like, I don't like the word, but digital nomad community. I don't really mm-hmm. like this term, but uh, whatever. You're always going to find other people and you're always going to have meetups and you can just go to co-working spaces. They always have events. So it's a super easy way to meet other people. And that's how I've met most of my friends. In, mm-hmm. I mean, my friends in Lisbon are either people I met like that or people I met like that in Bali. Yeah. And are all in Lisbon now. So it's super easy to meet new people. And I keep meeting, there are always new people who are arriving and who are just also meeting, making new friends. So loneliness is not an issue at all. Mm. Like, yeah, if anything, I just spend way too much time meeting up with people <laughs> while I, I'm someone who loves being on her own. So I feel a bit overwhelmed at times because I feel like I'm going to miss out on, any, on something if I don't go to see yeah. like, my new friends and everything. <laughs> but I guess that takes a certain amount of like confidence though to be able to kind of put you, because a lot of these events you kind of have to mm-hmm. go to on your own, don't you? To put yourself out there and to network with these people and to meet them. Yeah, that's also a really good tip is to join Facebook groups uh, beforehand. Before you go somewhere, they're always like a digital nomads in Lisbon, digital nomads in London. London and you can always meet people there and it's a great way to start like talking like ask questions on the group and reply to comments and then you can start meeting people online before you even get there and then you can meet them in real life and it makes it easier yeah yeah that's a great tip Mm -hmm. sometimes when you like know someone through online you kind of feel like you know them already yeah you can just go for a coffee with them before going to a big event together or something so you can get to meet one-on-one before if you're a bit scared of meeting people in a like bigger setting and yeah. yeah people are very welcoming yeah that's great that's yeah. very good yeah because yeah and they also all know that they've been there everyone had arrived at some point and was alone at some point yeah so people look out for each other yeah because that's one of the first things that i was like when i was thinking about going um self-employed um mm-hmm. you know i'd seen like people be, uh, like running your own business one of the mm-hmm. things i'd seen was like you don't realize how lonely it is um but yeah that's that's a good tip. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah I really like doing this. Yeah. Um, so kind of going completely back on what mm-hmm. we were talking about at the beginning. Um, I wanted to talk to you a bit about zero waste because I feel like the term zero waste was really big like last year um, and into this year. And I feel like people are starting to move away from it a bit and starting to get a bit, I feel like it doesn't really like resonate with the, the real issues. 
Um, and I just wanted mm-hmm. to know what your thoughts on that were. I totally agree. I feel like the term zero waste, firstly, is kind of something that seems unachievable. Because even if you don't create waste yourself, there's always going to be waste created in the background, mm-hmm. like in the production process. And also, I feel like it's uh, it just brings some just another form of capitalism. Like you have so many companies now that are selling zero waste products that are actually just for profit and don't really care about the issues. So I think it's important to like try and see where the real issues are, like reducing our waste as much as we can, but not having that being the main focus. Uh, I think zero waste is still good. It's still a good thing because mm. it brings a lot of people to the to these kind of issues. So yeah. it's still something we shouldn't throw away, mm. but it shouldn't be the our only concern. Yeah, yeah, it definitely opened my mm. mind up a lot to a lot more issues. Yeah, same. Um, you know, a lot. Mm. Like I was, I've said this before. Like I was still buying fast fashion when I was trying to give up plastic, and mm-hmm. yeah, they, me too. They don't. <laughs> they just don't align, do yeah. they? Yeah, exactly. So. So also like trying to show that it's not because you like it's not about the looks. Like zero waste is always pictured as like this yeah. very beautiful, just like glass and metal and, and yeah, like a perfect, wood. Yeah. perfect jar shelf. Yeah. Yeah, no, like all my jars are like different from each other mm-hmm. and who cares? Just like use like it's important to show people that they don't have to buy new things to be zero waste. It's about using what you have that's like until it just falls apart that's the main thing i think just trying not to buy new things and not to feed that big like yeah like kind of consumerism yeah yeah exactly definitely cool thank you um so at the end of each podcast Mm -hmm. i ask my guests and i've kind of already asked you this already um if they've read or seen anything recently that leaves them feeling positive or uplifted about the future Yes, I just watched the Game Changers oh, two I days ago. <laughs> no way, <laughs> I loved it. Like it's weird because like I have so the people I know who have watched it. Like I think maybe ten people in two or three days told me to watch it. I was like, yeah. okay, okay, <laughs> okay, give me an evening and I will watch it. Uh, but like it's funny because most of the um, of the non vegans I know who watched it loved it, but yeah. most of the vegans I know thought it was a little bit meh, not enough or something. Um, I thought it was very male focused. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Of course. Um, and so I watched it and then I listened to um, the guy that presents it is on the Delicious Yellow podcast. Okay. Um, so I was listening to him mm-hmm. um, afterwards and it was kind of interesting to hear like mm. what the response to it has been and mm-hmm. how like people have tried to like claim that they had no evidence and mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm really generalizing mm-hmm. here um but yeah it's it's really interesting to see oh, the response cool. to it um yeah. and i wonder i wonder how many people it has kind of made rethink well yeah i mean uh i watched it with a friend who's like almost vegan but almost was like see see you have to go completely mm-hmm. vegan <laughs> but uh i mean i have a lot of friends who were saying that it had it's made them change their mind and want mm. to go vegan so i thought it was really good because i mean also i hadn't rewatched a vegan documentary in a while yeah so maybe it's also why it like kind of reinforced the whole thing and i thought i was like i feel like i wish i wasn't vegan and i would be able to go vegan again now <laughs> it just makes me want to go vegan <laughs> yeah I and mean, it makes me um 
rethink it just made me rethink my nutrition because mm-hmm. they really kind yeah. of hammer that it's a whole food vegan diet to like yeah. get these benefits i had that too because i usually want to well before i moved to lisbon like when i was before i started traveling again this summer i was eating super healthy i'm always cooking at home and since i moved to lisbon as for the first month and a half i was living with other people it was like a very complicated to cook and they were like the fridge was full of meat so it was very hard for me. So I was eating out, out a lot. Yeah. And like being quite unhealthy. So just now, I don't know, now that I have my own place now in Lisbon, it's been the case for two weeks. So I was just like, okay, I really feel like I can and need to cook again and yeah. be healthier again. It just feels, yeah, just made me want to do that again. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's why I have a question for Yeah, you. I, know. <laughs> I was literally just thinking that. But in London, like, it's so easy to, to yeah. eat junk food. Yeah, I was going to say, it's so hard to eat healthy. So much, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, the vegan donuts here are, are unreal. I know, it's insane. Every time I come to London, I, oh, God. I, I, just, I gain so much weight and I lose so much money. <laughs> um, but going back, so going back to what we were saying, um, I feel like it touched a lot on a lot of issues, but didn't like delve deep into that many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was watching it with a non-vegan friend um, and he was saying when they do the test on the blood mm-hmm. and it's like they've had a beef burrito and then a mm-hmm. bean burrito yeah. um, and they show the kind of difference in the, I think it's the blood plasma. The plasma, yeah. yeah. He was saying he would he would be interested to see the effect like say eggs or something had on it. Oh yeah, it's true. Because they don't, they yeah, don't they only really, do with yeah. Meat. And yeah. so they don't show, like, say, if you were just vegetarian. We should push for a impact. They should have, yeah. We should delve deeper. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if people, like, uh, say it a lot and ask for it, they will do yeah. it. Yeah, probably. Because, I mean, the thing is, it's only one documentary. They can't make it five hours long, right? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, there is research everywhere. So people mm. also have the possibility to go and research themselves. Because you can't, like, expect everyone to give you all the information in one place. Yeah. I mean, I've read a lot of nutrition books and like the documentary like uh, portrays a lot of um, vegan doctors that, yeah, that mm. also have a lot of, uh, that have books, that have websites where you can find more information. Yeah, so I think, yeah, true. Yeah. It does say that mm. at the end that you could go on and yeah. find more information. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. It was interesting. Yeah, I really thought it was. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I know I was also saying afterwards, like, I don't understand why more athletes don't just try it because surely you'd you'd want to try anything that might potentially yeah. enhance your performance and also people that have like have kind of um like why doctors don't prescribe it more because it's not going to do you harm mm-hmm. realistically of course but a lot of doctors work with uh, pharmaceutical firms that yeah. make them, and they that make is, money out of selling that medicine. is true yeah so yes. if everyone is healthy without spending money on medicine how are I they know. gonna make money i know <laughs> and the comparison to smoking is really scary isn't yeah it? oh yeah Totally. I mean, yeah. I used to smoke a lot and I used to eat a lot of meat. So I definitely have definitely been on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Making up for it all now. Yep. Like, only change. Other side of the spectrum. Great. Well, thank you so much, Noor, for coming on. It's been really good to thank chat you to you and get your take on things. Um, yeah. And now we're going to go and enjoy our croissants. Yes. <laughs> thank you for everything. That was really nice. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did recording it. If you did enjoy it, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss out on our other episodes. You can also find out more about Agnes London at agneslondon.com or follow us on social media just at agneslondonldn. Thank you and see you next week.